Hi, I'm Dennis Ferris, and this is the Limitless Energy Podcast. We are here at the RV Super Show in Tampa, Florida, uh, in an iconic Airstream International. Um, right. So I am absolutely pr- pleased to welcome to the podcast today, Justin Humphrey, VP of Sales at Airstream. Yes. Welcome. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And you are doing more than sales. Yeah, I've, I've had a few roles at Airstream, and I typically take on some special projects along the way. One of them uh, involved your product and a new B-Van we launched uh, here recently, the, the, the range line on, right. the, on the ProMaster. That was kind of a cross-functional team that we needed to get that product to market pretty quick. We kind of had two things going on. We had COVID, so we wanted to take advantage of the of the increase in sales for the B-Van space. But then we also, um, we needed to expand our offering because Mercedes-Benz was all we sold on. So we did this cross-functional team where we, I led it and um, it, we brought something to market in under a year, which for Airstreams, you know, very quick. Was that a supply chain issue? You know, when you design a product like that in the middle of a pandemic, it's mm-hmm. it was a, there was other supply chain issues, but of course, yeah, you know, there's no doubt that, um, you know, we're hundred percent on Mercedes Benz. So I like to say if they caught a cold, we caught pneumonia, you know, um, you're really tied to them and a great partner, by the way, awesome product. And then we couldn't ignore this new, you know, segment or this new, um, offering in the segment that, uh, was outselling Mercedes Benz and it wasn't because Mercedes Benz was down in sales. Um, they were continuing to grow. So we thought can't ignore that anymore. So it was a bit of a supply chain challenge that we had being single sourced. And then also this uh, this opportunity that was now the largest market shareholder of the B-Van space. But So f- for a project like that, yeah, I'm VP of sales, which includes uh, sales teams for travel trailers, motorhomes, internal um, support systems for our dealers and transportation, but also includes parts and service. Um, we also have factory service. So if you buy an Airstream, you can actually have it fixed at the factory. Our customers really like that. So and it, it includes that. So it's all, I've always kind of had a my hand in a lot of things. But um, uh, yeah, so most recently that. And then um, McKay Featherstone, who uh, was promoted to um, to Thor. He was our VP of engineering. Mm-hmm. So we had this interim period where we were trying to find a new role or a new person to, to replace him. And I took on engineering there for a while as well this year. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a busy busy mm-hmm. year for me personally on top of all the craziness with COVID and RV industry booming. Right. Well, you come from an RV family. Uh, I, I want to get the, to that yeah. uh, eventually, but let's talk first about Airstream itself. So it is it is iconic. Uh, it's uh, what let's talk about the more recent history. So there are B vans, there are travel trailers, um, towable trailers. So when did the B vans actually come online, and why was that? Why did that transition happen? Well, you know, we we have a history of motorhomes dating back to the 70s mm-hmm. um, with the it's the travel trailer looking type motorhomes called classic motorhomes. Mm-hmm. So motorhomes were never uh, something that we wouldn't, you know, consider or, or think, you know, we're just a travel trailer company. So we actually started our first B vans in the 90s. Um, for a while, we were importing Westphalias from uh, Europe huh. um, okay. and distributing them. So we've had actually this B-Van business per se for, you know, what's that, th- nearly 30 years mm-hmm. we've been in the space. Um, and it's become a really good business for us. You know, if you, if you think about the two customers are completely different. So if you can grow your B-Van business, it's not, you know, it, it's truly incremental. It's 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 not uh, taking away from your trailer business. So mm-hmm. we, um, 
we we love it. We love that business. And if you think about B vans, you know they come in built from Dodge or from Mercedes, um, and then everything fits through the door. Well, we do that with our trailers. Our trailers, the shells are built, and everything fits through the door. So it's a segment that, even though it looks totally different than to- than our towables, um, it's very similar in how we produce it. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a natural fit for us. Well, from an electrification point of view, and of course we're the battery manufacturer, uh, there sure. there are some differences there, and uh, I know that. Airstream has been pretty proactive, especially with B-Vans, in taking advantage of the alternators and the fast charging, the high power, and you yeah. know, that's uh, that's something that obviously good for us, good for battery manufacturers in general, and you know we love to see that extra electrification. Yeah, our customers expect it from us. They expect us to be innovative. Uh, they expect us. Uh, they want the best. So if there's a bigger alternator or, or some equipment from the chassis manufacturer, they want it. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, when I got here, we we had tons of options, 25, 30, but everybody was selecting every option. So we just make things standard now. We have very few options just because our customers expect it. We're buying Airstream, I'm buying the best. We we have full confidence that you're going to put in the best. So it's uh, it's quite a responsibility from our end. But um, but yeah, you're right. We, we put it all in, full tilt. That's mm-hmm. how we roll. What about the, the relationship with Thor Corporate? How, how does that work out? Yeah, you know, I was in the industry for 12, 13 years prior to joining Airstream with Fleetwood. And Fleetwood had a really strong corporate culture, meaning they did all the prints out in Riverside, California. They did all the pricing in California. So it was very top, top heavy, if you will. And when I came to Thor, I thought, I wonder how much interaction I'll see with Thor. I see very little of Thor. Thor is not in our, you know, plant very often. I think if we stop sending checks, they'd show up <laughs> quite a bit more. But they leave their subs alone. They, they like really it. do. They allow them to manage. And I think sometimes they get a little flack for that because maybe they don't leverage kind of to scale on some of the things he could. Mm-hmm. But it really gives each subsidiary its its ability to make its own decisions and hold and its, its own And its own place. identity. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a, Airstream is a very different company from Keystone. For it is. So like um, our club, our Airstream club, they'll say, oh, Thor probably made you do that. That was a horrible decision. I'm like, no, that was that was me. Or mm-hmm. that was <laughs> that was somebody else on the team. Like Thor doesn't come in and say, here's what you're going to build. You're going to stop building that. Here's what you're going to price the products. It's very little oversight in that. And what they do is financial um, oversight because we're a public company for SOX compliance. Um, some compliance in terms of uh, recalls and stuff. They want to make sure that they have a seat at that table mm-hmm. and legal HR, some of the IT security protocols, which is smart. But as far as the business, you guys run the business. You're closest to it. We're the furthest from it. We want the decisions made closest to the market. I love it. It's so entrepreneurial. You feel like you're part of a, a business that with other leaders of the company, you kind of feel like you're running your own kind of company. I mean, without this just oversight, like I experienced at Fleetwood where it was, they were making decisions from California and you know, we were in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you thought, well, that, wasn't the, that wasn't the right decision. Thor doesn't do that. They really let us run our business. It's a great model. And actually not a, lot, a lot of people know this, but in 1980, Thor was formed with Wade Thompson, T.O., TH and Peter Worthwine OR, they created, that's how they created the name Thor. Their first purchase was Airstream. So I like to kind of kid around with the other subsidiaries and say, basically, we bought all of you guys. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if you look at where we are now, I mean, Thor is huge with all the brands they own. We're one of the smallest brands or smallest companies, but biggest brand. Um, so is that right? It's yeah. one of the smallest in the Thor portfolio. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize. But it's that. Um, clearly got a big brand. Mm-hmm. So we we punch above our weight quite a bit with uh, other brands wanting to do collaborations or partner with us. 
Um, now, our company has grown significantly in the short term. You kind of reference that. It's um, really since the 0809 recession, it's just been um, this upward trend that's been phenomenal. Um, so we're the largest we've ever been in, in a 91 year history. So from a from um, to give you context, Airstream is big today as they've ever been. But when you compare it to the other Thor companies, we're still we're still down on the mm-hmm. on the smaller side. Well, you you referenced uh, your uh, your personal experience in in the RV business. Can we talk a little bit about your your father and the RVIA and sure. how that uh, affected the in, the industry? Yeah, my my dad was an attorney and um, he was from DC, um, and RVIA at the time was hiring him um, to get through a few things, and they kept trying to hire him full time, but he was more just you know acting as their attorney. But finally, they got him in the 70s, and he uh, he became the president of RBIA. Um, he ended up retiring in 2006. So he kind of took this small cottage industry and worked on compliance and other things to to uh, to make sure the government was happy, but not have this incredible oversight that was crippling uh, either. And that's a balance that you have to really be careful with. But RBIA represented all the manufacturers and suppliers. So from a very early age, I was exposed to RVs. I loved it. In fact, they have demos at RVIA, so often would be out camping, and we actually owned our own pop top. Um, uh, first a Jayco, then a Coleman. So we loved it. My dad would always comment years later when we get together as adults, and we would talk about the time Dad tripped while putting the pop top down and in the rain and got muddy and like you know all the fun camping trip stories you have. We did. We never brought up the expensive Disney trip that we all went to that he paid an arm and a leg for all the drinks and popcorn at the, at the park. So I think it really taught me the lifestyle, you know, growing up around it. And then also kind of gave me a little glimpse into the business more than a little on some of the challenges they had, you know, cause if you look at automotive, the oversight that automotive has HUD, um, those things, there's definitely some oversight and, you know, we're tied to NHTSA clearly cause we're on the road, but, um, you know, through our process and inspections that RVIA does at the plants, it's been really, um, he was part of a team that really kind of made government happy, but also made the manufacturers say, okay, at least we have a fighting chance. We don't have the scale like an automotive or housing um, or much smaller industry. So, um, yeah, he was, he was a great guy. And yeah, we, it was, cr- it was crazy working in the same business as my dad. Cause I go home for Thanksgiving. We're just just chatting up all kinds of stuff in the industry. And I'm one of five kids. The other four are like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Were you known in the industry as his kid? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, th- those that knew him at the beginning, I was a little bit like, I don't want to ride the coattails per se. I'm really proud of what he did, but I don't want to say that I got this job or that job. So it was actually funny. Um, Scott from uh, Stat Surveys, who's manages all the market share when my dad passed, he goes, I didn't even put the connection together. So there was a lot of people who still hadn't connected that. Um, and then my dad laughed that uh, after he got retired, people were referring to him that, oh yeah, you're Justin's dad. Mm. <laughs> so it did flip. And I was like, well, dad, you've been out of the industry for 15 years, but I think it was, he was more proud That's of that. That's how you know you made it. Right? <laughs> That's right. Well, so. We certainly have um, a, a very good opinion of the RBIA because it, I think it's because of the RBIA that it that a transition to lithium was able to occur on, you know, just a few years really in the RV business. And I think in other industries, that sort of self-regulation lacks uh, and it's harder to make changes and ensure you're doing it in a, in a legal and compliant fashion. So, yeah, they're good at that. And, um, 
you know they've 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 had a lot of experience of it over the years to know where the pitfalls are and how mm-hmm. to how to navigate it um in fact the president now craig is uh was uh, we ended up replacing my dad as attorney there my dad was president and general counsel for a long time he didn't want to give up the the law side of it that was kind mm-hmm. of his bread and butter but you know craig has a real good sense on that he understands what the government wants what the agencies want um and then also how do you thread that needle of manufacturers and get right. to market relatively have, quick have all the uh competitors sitting around the table and you know that's that's always interesting and they make a big deal about you know being being focused on on the uh, association itself and yeah anyway it's it's yeah it my was... my dad was big in that. in fact there's a unity award that's in my dad's name to this day on people who kind of keep the industry together mm-hmm. and work together and he would meet with other presidents of other industries he was just outside of dc where most associations are based but he would look to other industries and um, these presidents would be like, it's crazy. We can't get the manufacturers to agree and they're kind of backstabbing each other and the supply base is not helpful. And he was like, you know, we have a really unique thing in the RV space where we typically work together towards a common cause, mm-hmm. despite the fact that we compete against each other. And, um, you know, that's that's not always the case. And it can it can really break quickly if you're not careful. But, um, but yeah, no, it's that, you know, we were talking before the podcast, all the people we know and the small kind of town feel of, of the RV space. I think it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge advantage for, for the industry. And it, um, it allows RVIA to do those things a little faster. It's, it's changing a little bit. I mean, now you see these sort of startup RV companies popping up electric RVs and, you know, I don't, I don't know what you see the future as, uh, certainly electrification is a big part of it. Um, but I would imagine companies like Airstream are have, have a better shot at innovating. They know the space. They know the customer. Do you want to talk a little bit about the electrification part of it? Yeah, you know, we've clearly been watching it for a while, and a lot of the early adopter Tesla owners were Airstream owners. Mm-hmm. So we started, our dealers started to let us know, hey, we're, we're, we're hooking these things up to Model Xs and even Model Ss. And um, so... Our, you know, those customers tend to get drawn to the Airstream brand and design and and our innovate our our what we're known for in terms of innovation. So, you know, we we launched the Eastream here at this show last year. Mm-hmm. It was a concept vehicle, but the idea was um, this trailer could basically drive itself behind an electric car to extend your range, mm-hmm. and then also if the battery pack's big enough, maybe you could charge your tow vehicle if you needed to um, as well. And of course, now it's a self-driving trailer. When you get to a campground, you can actually remotely back it into the site as opposed to having to tow it, which is a pain point and a fear um, kind of uh, thing for new owners. So it was really well received. We and the early adopters emailed us, let us know when it's when it's ready. I'm buying it. Just right. tell me who I need to send my deposit. The devil's in the details to that level of of electrification um, because you have this self-propelling trailer that could mm-hmm. you got to have a lot of safety protocols. But the future, I think, is somewhere in that where, you know, as we get more electrified and, and range is an issue when you're towing, um, that having that battery pack on the trailer to help supplement makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a huge and with Thor's help, with Thor's innovation team really driving that. But we were we had a big seat at that table and and still do. Um, you know, it, we know that. I mean, it's you can't ignore it when you see the success of Tesla and some of these others, and now even the mainstream 
um, manufacturers are producing electric vehicles right. now. But I would imagine there's not going to be a Tesla in the RV industry. If that electrification is going to come from within the mainstream RV industry rather than yeah. you know, a startup on the coast, I'm guessing. I, I would say so, just because of scale and, and what that provides. But you're you know, already down that road. There's no yeah, we are behind the curve. I would no, say. we're not. We're definitely in front of it. The tough thing, I, some of these startups, you know, they come from companies like Tesla and the automotive side, building 15 million cars a year. I mean, our entire industry is five less than 500,000. Mm -hmm. So the scale is so different. Right. And when right. you look at the 500,000. It's all different categories where a car is kind of a car, right? The, the concept's the same. You might have a sports car, you might have a sedan, but it's a car where you could have a fifth wheel, a pop-up, a Class A, a Class C, a Class B. So even within the 500,000, it's so fragmented. So if you're going to focus on this small trailer that'll tow itself and you start looking, it's in the hundreds and then maybe the thousands mm -hmm. is your volume. It's tough to it's it's tough to make that type of investment work where mm -hmm. if you're Thor and you've got all these brands and you can put it in across a broader range it tends to make a little more that sense that makes sense yeah, yeah absolutely but it's it's the futures here and you know you think about obviously that concept eagle was cool propelling yourself down the road but really what we're working with you guys on is what customers need in the in the short term right i i'd like to think that what we've done um with the house bank and really helping the, whole, the transition to lithium there w would actually spur further innovation including the the propulsion so yeah, I think that that's certainly down that path. And then, you know, before then, the off-grid capabilities and being able to use lithium and use your, you know, have your adventures longer off, you know, not tethered to some campsite. You know, there, there's some great campgrounds, but there's been some campgrounds I go to and I'm like, why am I sitting here? This is nuts. I got all these people around. Everybody's, I mean, this isn't, this isn't relaxing to me. I'd rather be out by some pond off the grid. And... Um, these battery packs are now starting to bring a lot more use cases yeah. to yeah. RVs that we didn't have before. And that's ultimately, I think, what the, where the customer is right now to say, okay, how can this impact me camping and how can I utilize it more? Right. I think in the RV space too, it really comes down to that air conditioner. How long can you run mm -hmm. that daggone air conditioner? Because in the US, like right now, it's hot. Mm -hmm. and we're in Tampa and um, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, lithium now starts to open up a lot of possibilities with that that right. batteries in the past never could. Right. That's a game changer. And uh, I, I'm have to say we're really proud as a company that we we were able to partner with a company like Airstream and we're a five rivet supplier, yes. you know, so we're we're proud of that too. But um, it's it's exciting for me personally to be able to to say to point to like a you know, pottery barn, you know, we're we're involved in that project. You yes. Know? So it's it's really exciting for us. Well, I pr I'm glad to hear that. And um we do feel like we bring that because we're a 91 year old company with a, with a big brand that we can we can really ask our suppliers to step up maybe to a level that maybe other manufacturers can't to some degree that's why we came out with a five rivet supplier program on being able to deliver with the right quality and all the support and warranty support that, that, that we need it's really critical for us because our customers look at this airstream we're really not being compared to another rv we're a lifestyle brand mm -hmm. so even though we're in the rv space customers tend to compare us to cars and boats and you know really tough comps on uh, the expectations are high mm -hmm. so really having that you know that 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 supplier leg to the stool is critical for us because you're only as strong as your weakest link. So mm -hmm. if you have a supplier who's not meeting a customer expectation, it just brings the whole thing down. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's uh, congratulations on that, number one. Number two, it's really important for us because we need that support. And our ultimately, our customers need the support.
Right. Well, yeah, thank you. Um, and we, we do, we worked hard. I know that especially with lithium batteries, which is a, a relatively young field, especially in this, in this space to, to be able to, you know, get the, the, the supply chain robust enough and, you know, solid enough that we can always deliver. And it's obviously a priority for us to be able to, yeah. to, to deliver to our OEM partners, especially Airstream. So and it's been a crazy couple of years for that. But, you know, having said that, it, it is pretty dang hot in here. And, uh, you know, we probably have air conditioning. If Is there an air conditioner in this? In this there room? is. I don't, I don't there know. is. We turned it but off for audio. Turned it off for audio. <laughs> I'm just going to say that we're sweating profusely right now because of the audio, not because we can't turn on the air conditioner in this Airstream. Um, so, you know, anyway, I just wanted to thank you for for coming on the podcast today Justin. absolutely no thanks for having me and uh look forward to working with your team on some innovations of the future and moving the ball forward we certainly will well that's going to do it for this episode i'd like to thank my special guest today vp of sales at airstream justin humphreys thank you justin be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms